Welcome to a new Paradigm of Education podcast. My name is Monique Sayers and I'm your, your host. Education as we know it has been changing rapidly. The old paradigm of education is no longer serving our students, our community, our educators, our parents. We have all risen up into a new paradigm of education. We've seen death, we've seen destruction, we've seen despair. But what's actually come out of that is this beautiful transformational place where educators, parents and students are all able to rise up and create this new paradigm together. Because after all, we are all educators. Today, we have a very special guest. Her name is Angela Hardis. She's a mother, a former high school teacher. She's a homeschooling parent, and she's author of so many books, Tales of Toxic Teacher, Gospel-Based Parenting, Crunchy Kids Series, and The Wonderful World of Peaceful World Schooling, the the workbook for those who wonder and wonder. That's a mouthful. That's beautiful, as well as the visionary of the Peaceful World Schooling Project. So it is my honor to welcome you today, Angela, and I'd love if you could just introduce us um, and tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Sure. Thank you so much, Monique. It is my pleasure to finally be able to connect with you and to be able to just share some more ideas that hopefully can make a difference in the world. Um, So as you mentioned, I am a teacher. So I teach actually right outside of Washington, D.C. I've taught everything from kindergarten through 12th grade. Um, I've taught Spanish. I've taught ESOL. I taught special education, math, science, kind of a little bit of everything. Um, And this actually at the beginning of this year, um, I actually am transitioning out of the public school system and wanting to create something that is a little bit more in line with my beliefs and my values. As you mentioned, there are so many um, issues that have been arising, especially since COVID started. I feel like people are really starting to wake up and to see a lot of the the harm that has been caused um, within the schooling system and really starting to think outside of the box about what kind of an education what kind of an educational environment do I want for my child? And we're starting to create something new. And so that's something I'm really excited to see and to partner with other parents and help them know some of the what is that? Okay, beautiful, beautiful. Um, Okay, I Um, So one that would be our commitment to cultivating peace in the world, Mm. beginning right in our own home. Um, I'm a gentle parenting author. And so treating people with kindness, gentleness, and respect was something that was really important for me. And as a way to foster peace, beginning in our home, and then sharing that peace with the world around us. And then the world schooling piece, because I truly believe that we can view the entire world as our classroom. Um, And when we can look outside of you know, school just looks like learning from this textbook or learning from this worksheet. When we can start to see that all of life is learning and that there is something valuable that we can learn from everything and everyone that we meet, that's the biggest game changer in education. Um, So that's how I came up with the term peaceful world schooling, people that are committed to peace and kindness and respect, as well as viewing all of life as learning. Um, So that's how we came up with that term. Wow, that's so beautiful. It's so um, necessary. And 
it's like um, myself, I believe that's a core value of humanity is peace. And I feel like it's actually a missing, a missing aspect in a lot of areas in life. People are always rushing and trying to get to the next, the next thing, even in education, you know, there's competition, there's anxiety, there's all this stuff. And there's that missing element of peace. It's like, but you need to feel peace before you can then create before you can then learn before you can then be right like it's yeah. it's definitely that and then I love the idea of global citizenship I I, tr I truly believe in that and I, I think that we're all um we're all citizens of the world and so to be able to have that mindset for children is beautiful there was one thing that confused me though when you were saying for and against I didn't know what you wanted to be for and against for exactly in terms of your principles could you explain that a bit more Yes. So most people, when they hear the term unschooling, they kind of think of people that are just anti-school um, or, you know, they're just like, okay, if you're um, unschooling, then a lot of people have this idea that you're just not doing anything. You're everyone, you know, the kids are just kind of free doing whatever they want. Um, and, and that's not really, I feel like that didn't really communicate like the values that we were standing for whereas it's not about being anti-school mm. or anti-learning in any way it's just shifting our view of the way that we learn and what learning we view as valuable so I'm you know we don't view learning in this schooling box of like the teacher has all the knowledge there's a specific curriculum um, we really live outside of that. So we're not, you know, learning with any kind of forced agenda or, um, you know, there, there isn't like a particular curriculum that we're using to force or coerce or manipulate our learning. Um, it's more, I guess it is more free. Um, and we really, you know, like I said before, we view all of life as learning and all of the world as an opportunity to learn, to learn from. That's a, that's really beautiful. I really, I really, um, admire that actually I really admire that you did that for your children can you tell me more about the journey of that so you still being a teacher like um as well as homeschooling at the same time I'm just so curious how you did it and maybe you could give a couple of practical tips about how you did that if there's anybody out there that's considering that as well because I know myself I'd like to know a bit more even Sure. Yeah. So one of the things that I was learning is that any time that you're transitioning from going from a structured or formal schooling environment into a more alternative educational experience or cultivating a new sort of educational experience, it's so important to go through a process called de-schooling. Oh. And so de-schooling is basically this process where you live as though school didn't exist. Wow. And yeah, <laughs> and that <laughs> really you know, for me as a teacher, that was really, really difficult. Um, because of course, as a teacher, we have these ideas and expectations of what learning is supposed to look like. Mm. Like I'm supposed to teach this lesson and we're supposed to go in this order. And then they're supposed to learn this next. And then we're supposed mm. to give a test. You know, we have all these supposed to, or what they should be doing, what they shouldn't be doing. Um, and so that process of de-schooling is really important because it helps you to kind of break free from a lot of those preconceived ideas of what you think learning is supposed to be or what it's supposed to look like. Mm. And then from that kind of clear space, then you can create something new. Um, so yeah, that was, that was how we started was just going through that de-schooling process and literally just living like school did not exist. So we didn't do any kind of, you know, workbooks or, 
anything like that. Um, and we just focused on enjoying our life together. I focused on having a connected relationship with my child. Um, I, it was a huge shift for me to shift from being the teacher to then viewing myself as the student of my child. Mm. So I really tried to, to get to know her, you know, like who is this five-year-old that is in my life? That is my child. What are her passions? What are her gifts? What are her strengths? What is she excited about? Um, and then the more that I would learn about her, the more that we would start to pursue things that would help encourage her in those passions and interests. So that was how we started. That's so beautiful. And that's so useful and relevant for both educators and parents. I think that's really empowering for parents to hear that message because a lot of parents, um, I don't want to judge a lot of parents and put them in a box or anything, but perhaps um, some have had not being not knowing how to educate their children what do I do how do I educate and if you just throw all of that out the window and just let the child lead like what you're saying you become a student to your child you're already educating right that is education <laughs> that's that's what's so beautiful about um what we can do and I'm hoping yeah. um, my vision of that as well is if if I am going to be in a classroom again that it is it is that that I am listening to the child the child is fully leading and it's not that yeah. old system of teacher leading child listen it's just it just doesn't work so yeah. I'm so curious about this topic that now I want to know so when did it lead back to your children wanting to then learn maths or English per se like did they suddenly just have this like feeling inside I want to write something today or like did you end up kind of weaving in the curriculum or did you just totally just say no we're just going to do you know whatever build sticks today or like because I, I know myself as a teacher I would also have that in the back of my mind of like oh maybe they should know three times four by now and they don't know and <laughs> because I've been educated that way through the university and then through public system as well so I'm just wondering how they suddenly curious like the curiosity led to them wanting to do that if if they wanted mm -hmm. to you know great question yeah so that was actually something I was really really worried about um, and as, as I was learning about um, this idea of natural learning or child-led learning, as you mentioned, I was really skeptical because I had spent my entire career teaching other children, in essence, forcing them to learn things that they didn't really care to learn about. Mm. I was teaching algebra too. Um, I was teaching, you know, science. I mean, and, and in every grade, whether it was kindergarten to 12th grade, I had students in my class that were, I, it was my job to force them to learn something that they didn't care about. And so I was scared, you know, I was like, oh mm -hmm. my gosh, can my daughter really learn how to read if I don't teach her? Mm. And I was, I was, I was worried, you know, I'm like, I'm going to be the reading teacher with the, <laughs> you know, 10 year old kid that doesn't know how to read. You know? yeah. um, and so that was a real fear that I had, but I just thought, you know what, it's, it's kindergarten. I'm just going to go all in. We'll give it a try. And the beautiful thing about homeschooling or unschooling or world schooling or whatever you want to call it is that if you try something and it doesn't work, you can always change. Mm. And so that was my comfort. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go all in. I'm going to give this life learning thing a try. I'm going to see, can my daughter really learn on her own without me forcing her, without me coercing her, without me making her, you know, do worksheets or whatever, without me teaching her, mm. can she really learn? Mm. And so that was kind of my experiment that I did. And I, it, absolutely blew my mind. I, I'm 
I've been completely shocked with just observing my child's natural learning process and how she has taught herself how to read. Uh, right now she's seven years old and she loves to read, like loves to read chapter books. Wow, um, she's probably reading. <laughs> it is incredible. She probably reads about two to three grade levels above um, her current grade level if mm. she were to be in school. Mm. Um, but even more so than that, I love the fact that she loves to read. Mm. Um, and that was one of the things that was really important for me because I found that when we force kids to learn, it totally takes away all the fun from it. Mm. But when kids are free to learn on their own, then they, they have that, that intuitive joy and curiosity and that love and that passion for learning. And so that was really important for me that she could hold on to that love for learning and that I would not you know, squander that by, by forcing her, coercing her to learn something. And so she, yeah, so she loves to read. Um, we, you know, we read together a lot. Uh, we read, we try to read every night together. Um, but even, even in addition to the reading as well, um, she also really loves to write. So she write, has actually published two different books on her own. Um, wow. so she, yeah, <laughs> she is seven years old and she's published two books wow. and um, and I, I could share the link with the, with you for yeah, those. Yeah, we can put that down there. there. Entrepreneurship for children. I love it. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's really, really incredible. And so she also likes to, you know, handwrite her own books. Um, but a lot of it, you know, a lot of times she can't write as fast as she can kind of talk out her stories. So a lot of her writing process, you know, I'm helping her with a lot of the writing now because she's still young. Mm, um, yeah. But she's, she's learning and she's growing and she's loving and enjoying it. And for me, that was the most important thing. I just love that. I really love uh, what you're doing and that it's naturally flowing through her. And her, that's obviously her genius aspect is writing. That, that's what she's loving. And who knows, maybe next year it's counting. We don't know what it is, right? But when all the sales come in from the book, she'll be like, hey, I suddenly need to know about this. <laughs> you know, like it's entrepreneurship for children. I feel like that's part of the new paradigm. That's what I'm loving oh, yeah. about the world. Like, I notice um, all of a sudden, like, you know, when the world sort of crumbled and all the systems started to, to fail, a lot of people were looking within themselves, well, what can I do? What can I create? And children yeah. already have that unique gift within themselves that they want to create. So for you allowing her to do that, I mean, not allowing, I don't like that word allowing because we've just been disregarding allowing, but um, holding the space for that, for her to step up and rise into that place is exactly what I call a new paradigm of education. So I'm so grateful that we got to, to share about that. That's that's super amazing. Um, what other topics? And we could talk about gentle parenting because I know there'll be some parents out there that will want to know more about about that if you wanted to maybe share about that. Sure. Um, so gentle parenting... Um, I, I actually, I kind of stumbled into gentle parenting in kind of an odd way. Um, so I, I'm not sure how like spank is spanking very common where you live. Is that like a, Oh, that's so old fashioned. You okay. Mean, yeah. <laughs> that was like, in, in the, like a few generations ago. Now it would be totally like, no, no, no. Is that what you mean? Yeah. So yeah. here in the United States, spanking is the norm. Like that's oh. just what we do here. Right. Um, it, it's very common. And in fact, if you don't spank your children, it's like really taboo. You know, people really? think that, it, yeah. Um, here, people think that if you don't spank your children, that you're spoiling them um, or that they'll grow up to be really terribly behaved. Um, and it really is a part of American culture to, wow. 
you hit your kids. As what a, a contrast that is, right? Ours would be the right. opposite. People would be calling lawyers like, I can't believe they're touching this child. Like, honestly, it's really a contrast oh, yeah. and we're in the same world. This is really fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Um, so spanking is very, very popular, very common. And mm -hmm. I was actually raised um, being spanked. My family are very devout Christians and, and I'm a Christian as well. And so, you know, we were raised and taught that the Bible says spare the rod and spoil the child. Um, and that's just kind of the phrase that they say here all the time. So especially in Christian circles, it's very common for Christians to use spanking or smacking as you would say. Um, and so when I, when my daughter was around one years old, I was really trying to figure out, okay, how do I do this? You know, cause I, I wanted to discipline my daughter the way that the Bible said, and all my life I've been told the Bible says, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child. So if that's what the Bible says, I want to make sure I'm doing it right. And so that was how I kind of got started. I started really researching to see what does the Bible say about spanking? And um, the things that I learned just completely blew my mind. And I became convinced after studying the original languages. Um, so after studying the Bible in Hebrew and learning what the scriptures truly say on that subject, it became clear to me that there is zero biblical basis to hit your children. Okay. Um, and so I felt like that was something important that every parent needed to know <laughs> mm -hmm. um, that, that we can absolutely parent, you know, our children, we can discipline our children and we don't have to hit them and yes. we don't have to punish them. And we don't have to, you know, treat them in these terrible ways. And we don't have to yell. We don't have to send them to timeout. We don't have to do these things. Mm. Um, and so for me, that was really mind blowing. So that was um, why I ended up writing my first book. It was, it started as kind of my notes to myself, you know, my own gospel based teaching. Is that the book you mean? Yeah, gospel-based yeah. parenting. So yes. that, that book kind of chronicles my own journey and my own study of what does the Bible really say about discipline and how to discipline mm. our children. Mm. And so that was my very first book that I ever published was, was that one. And, um, and ever since then, I've just been a real um, advocate, especially in the, in the Christian world and in the United States, because spanking is something that is so, so much a part of, of our lives here, mm -hmm. um, just trying to awareness to the fact that there are other ways to interact and relate with your children, namely interacting with them with respect, with kindness, with gentleness. Um, we can still have boundaries, you know, we can still you know, care for ourselves and kind of set, set limits um, as well and have those boundaries. Um, but we don't have to interact with our children through, you know, force, coercion, discipline, punishment, and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that's okay. I was, um, I, yeah, I didn't know if there were certain principles or practices with gentle parenting, but you just explained them that it's like the opposite of cohesion and force. It's just allowance. And I think that kind of ties in with um, world schooling and, and the philosophy around that. It's about allowance. Like I'm not going to be forcing onto you. It's a place of uh, mutual allowance and respect from the parent and the child. That, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it, it really is about partnership, you partnership, know, like yeah. if, if, you know, a lot of times as parents, we have this like authoritarian view, like I'm the authority and my kids have to obey me no matter what. Um, but with gentle parenting, it really kind of flips that on its head. Like my child, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, what do you do when your child doesn't obey you? And my response is I don't create opportunities for them to disobey because mm -hmm. I'm not dishing out these commands to my child mm. you know I'm 
my child has choices in their life every day and they get to experience the natural consequences of their choices. So I don't have to, you know, punish them or it's, it's not me against my child. It's my child and I partnering together to solve some common problem that we're both having. And we're, we're working together in partnership to deal with whatever problems that we, we face together. Um, so yeah, they are just as valuable in the relationship as I am. And, and I don't have to, you know, <laughs> be this like authoritarian controlling over them. Yeah, exactly. And that same principle, it should apply in teaching as well, that it's Absolutely. a mutual respect. And even the same with parents and educators, that it's a mutual respect. Like, I always feel the new paradigm of education is like a circle with everybody kind of all standing around together as equals. Yeah. And there's this space in the middle for creation and, and choice and people can step in and then step out as they like. That's how I how I envisioned it when I was um, feeling the energy of of what it was um so I wanted to yeah I wanted to ask you with the self-directed learning as well so was there any certain principles or practices um particularly that could help either parents or teachers maybe like that they could adopt is there any any other kind of things from there you could you could let us know about um one of the biggest principles I think is trust Mm -hmm. um really being able to trust yourself and to trust your child because I think a lot of times we 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 bring a lot of our own fears and worries and expectations into the world of education Um, and when we can release those and let those go and trust my child is going to learn what they need to learn when they need to learn it how they need to learn it in the way they need to learn it like I don't have to force or coerce my child to learn anything. Mm. Um, For human beings, learning is as natural as breathing. It it really truly is. And, um, you know, as a teacher, I just, I was seeing so many, so much of what we were teaching kids in school was completely useless for what they were doing in the real world. Um, And as a teacher, I'm sure you probably see the same thing too, that there's so much of what we do in the classroom that was a waste of time, a waste of energy. Um, It wasn't useful or relevant to them. And so when we can really step, you know, outside of that and let go of the curriculum, let go of the expectations and to trust myself and trust my child, they're going to learn what they need to learn. And, um, and so that, that for me, that's probably one of the biggest things is being able to to trust myself and to trust my kids. That's really beautiful. Trust um, is also definitely something for the new paradigm because a lot of, yeah, a lot of people can lose that within themselves. And if you can trust yourself ultimately and, and feel responsible within yourself, then of course you can guide your children and then they can guide you as well. And they naturally are born with trust. Like there's no reason for them not to trust us. <laughs> it's just suddenly it's something that's learned over time. So I really love that. I really love that you've applied um, that principle. I'm going to ask you something I've been asking in all of uh, the podcasts so far. What would you imagine if you could envision um, a new paradigm of education? It can be something that is now, or it could be something in the future that we're bringing to now. Because, you know, um, if you believe in affirmations, I believe that everything that we say at this moment can be brought into fruition right now. So, um, yeah, go big. (laughs) 
go loud if you want to. I'm just, I've been asking everybody because it's, you know, when I downloaded the, the wisdom to write the book, I realized it's not this, this paradigm is not about me saying it is or it isn't. I really feel like it's a, um, a co-creative space. And so that's why I'm truly interested for each educator or parent that I'm speaking to um, on this podcast to kind of just share their wisdom, you know, around that in any way. Yeah. Um, I see the new paradigm for education I truly see it as a space of educational freedom, like complete educational freedom, that we are free to learn what, how, when, in what way, whatever we want, Um, and that we can learn with joy, we can learn with patience, we can learn with perseverance, we can learn um, through fun and engagement and excitement, and, and with trust as well. So for me, I think that's that's, that's what I'm standing for. I'm standing for educational freedom for every single child. Um, Mm. because I truly believe that, you know, as a gentle parent as well, you know, like you mentioned that gentle parenting, like really flows into my approach to education, because it's like, if I'm going to parent from this space of love and respect and gentleness and kindness, if I'm going to parent from that space, what does that look like when I carry that same, those same principles to the world of education? And, and that's why I couldn't continue in the public school space anymore, because I'm committed to being a person that operates all of my relationships, that all of my relationships with other human beings are completely free from force, coercion, threats, manipulation, violence, um, you know, all, all isolation, you know, all of those things, punishment, um, you know, and, and if I'm operating free from those things and creating a space where kids can experience freedom from those things as well, um, that's, that's the educational paradigm that I'm looking for, that I'm, that I'm committed to creating in the world. That's beautiful. That is so amazing. And I hope all of our listeners out there have also been contemplating on that as you've been sharing. I was just listening to your wisdom and just in my mind, just taking it all in and just saying, yes, that is like freedom is, is a gift. It's really a gift from grace and it's very, very necessary. And I just actually laugh at the old paradigm and just think, how did we do that for so long? Like centuries, like, <laughs> I don't know what we were like, what, what was going on? And I'm just actually really grateful that we have this moment and there's pioneers and there's people, there's leaders that actually care and actually really want to make a change for our children, not just for our children, but for the generations and the generations. And it's going to be a wave. It just takes you know, people like yourself, myself, others to decide that they want to make a change, whether it's a small change, whether it's a massive change like you've done like you've stepped out of the mainstream system and you said that's it I'm done with that and I'm just going to take a stand for this is what I am that's you know that's a warrior that's really beautiful and I feel like whatever change that is for you our listener whatever that is I'd really love to hear hear from you around that as well because I really do care about um yeah I really do care about our children and also the future of our children I have like tears (laughs) you probably can't see that but um yeah So I don't even know what to lead on from there because that was just so beautiful. But I do actually want to know a bit more about like what else you do in the world. Like, do you provide any um, other services or any other gifts that you could share with us? Um, We'd love to hear about that as well. Yeah, I do. Um, So since I have left the world of teaching in the school system, um, I I feel like I will always be a teacher. Uh, That's just, you know, who who I am. (laughs) 
Um, so I actually have designed um, some gentle parenting courses that are based on my book, Gospel-Based Parenting. So I have um, those available on my website. I also designed a course as well, a typing course called Reading and Typing, mm. which um, that was something I actually created for with my special education students in mind. Um, because I found that a lot of my students really struggled with being able to express themselves on the computer mm. and, um, and, you know, so much of what they do in school and, and not just in school, but in the world is on the computer. Mm. Um, so if we don't know how to type properly, mm. um, then we're wasting a lot of time, um, you know, not being able to type. And so that was why I created this curriculum that actually teaches typing through phonics and spelling patterns. Oh, um, wow. so that's yeah. amazing. So it's not just isolated letters, the child's just punching. Where's the P? Where's the A? Like it's with the phonic <laughs> sounds. That's that's yeah. brilliant. I really I think that's so useful. It's like incorporating yeah. quite a lot of skills in one doing that. That's amazing. Yep. So I started that as well. Um, and then I have a YouTube channel also that I offer. Um, I have, I have my own podcast too. So I put the videos of my podcast on the YouTube channel. And I also share videos about um, unschooling, peaceful world schooling, gentle parenting on there. Um, you can also check out my podcast. It's the peaceful world schooling podcast that I have as well. And, um, and as you mentioned, I've, I've written like 16 books now. Oh, wow. um, so, yeah. <laughs> I've written a, a lot of books and, um, and my daughter, as I mentioned, she's been helping me write some books too, for the crunchy kids series. Um, and so that's so we've been series, is it the crunchy kids series? Yes. The crunchy kids series. So I wrote that because I, I, I wanted to be able to have children's books that I felt like communicated some of these alternative lifestyle things that we have. So like, you know, we don't really go to the doctor. Um, you know, we use essential oils and things like that. Um, and, you know, breastfeeding was really important to us. Co-sleeping was really important to us. And I just felt like there weren't a lot of mainstream books that reflected those choices that we had as, you know, in our parenting or, um, you know, in our family. And so, yeah, so I wrote the Crunchy Kids series to kind of have children's books that showed a lot of those other alternative ways. I love that. So it's like, it's role modeling the real world, like not the old fashioned world, but the real world of what we do now, like with alternative medicine, alternative healing and whatever, whatever's in your series, like you've written it based off that. That is so useful. I yeah. love that. I was just reading a fairy tale the other day and I was just like, really? <laughs> I think I need to throw <laughs> these fairy tales out the window. Like they're just, they're just not <laughs> serving anymore. They're just so old fashioned and maybe they have like, yeah. they're good with literacy or something, but you can get, we can rewrite this. You can put beautiful literacy into these, these series. That's amazing. That's so yeah, useful and, and helpful. Being able to pass on a lot of that, the natural, like holistic wisdom and stuff, you know, mm. like being able to teach our kids, like these are essential oils or herbs or um, different plants that we can use for our own healing and for our wellness. That. And so, yeah, being able to have children's books that share that knowledge and pass that along to them, I think is so, so important, you know, so we have that. And then uh, my latest book is called Tales of a Toxic Teacher, Exposing the Cycles of Abuse Within Our Schools. And that book, I am, I'm, it's been a long time <laughs> writing that book. I started it several years ago um, mm. and kind of had to put it to the side. But then when everything was happening with COVID, I, I really felt like, okay, now is the time for me to finish this book. And um, yeah, so I, I've, I wrote that book and really just exposing, as I mentioned, those, those cycles of abuse that a lot of times we're just not even aware of that we're participating in, in the school system um, that affect, you know, the, 
everyone. It affects teachers, it affects students. Um, and yeah, so that's a, a real eye opener for sure. And I, I definitely recommend it if anyone is curious about, you know, some of the things that happen behind the scenes or the things that are happening in the public school system, I would highly recommend, um, you know, getting that book and checking that out. And, and it kind of introduces as well, like that idea that you have of the new paradigm of, you know, these are, are the things that we're seeing in this, in this cycle, in this system that is really not serving kids and is actually causing a lot of harm to kids, mm. um, whether intentionally or unintentionally. And then as we see that harm, it's like, okay, now what are we going to create instead? Mm. Um, it's so necessary and it's so needed. And I I will definitely um, be looking that book up for sure. And I'm sure it'll be so useful for a lot of parents and a lot of educators out there just to understand. And as I said, just to make that one change, it just takes one sentence of one person's book to spark that little bit of intrigue to then step into considering what can I do? What can I do to make a change? And there's always something that we can all do, no matter who we are, if we all just choose to take responsibility for that. And also there's a lot of beauty we can create as well, like <laughs> from that. It's not just all about like, you know, not what's not working. It's also, wow, well, what can we do instead of that? So I'm really inspired by that. And I'm so, so inspired by this Crunchy Kids series because I have been wanting to have more inspirational books um, for my own daughter, even though she's only four and she speaks Spanish but <laughs> um, and English but I, I've been wanting to get some books so I would like to yeah I'd like to get some of those they sound really really profound um was there any other final wisdom you wanted to share with us before we um we wrap up for today yeah I just I just would like to encourage anyone that's listening to really ask yourself the question why why are we doing what we're doing and know that whatever your child's educational environment is that is your choice and the beautiful thing about that is that if whatever you're doing is not working for you, or if that's not serving your kids in any way, you have the power to create something new. You have the power to create whatever kind of educational environment that you want for your child. And I promise you, when you start thinking outside of the schooling box, there are amazing, amazing, incredible things that are awaiting you on the other side. Um, so yeah, please feel free to connect with me and I'm more than happy to help support you in your, um, peaceful world schooling journey, um, in whatever that might look like for you. And, um, I wish you all the best in what you are creating in the world. Oh, thank you so much. I really love, I really love that. Um, Angela, that's such a beautiful message to share. And I always close with the, the famous Gandhi quote of be the change that you wish to see in that world. I really believe that we all are change makers and, um, if you'd also like to connect um, with us in a new paradigm of education group, we're growing a group in there to help teachers and parents across the world who may have want to share information or receive information about this new paradigm together. So all of our links um, and wisdom um, from Angela will be um, posted below. And I really look forward to um, connecting with you at some moment, Angela. <laughs> and um, thank you all to all of our listeners. and. Um, yeah, may you all have the most beautiful day. And remember that education is always coming from within. It's not an external, external thing. Thank you. <laughs>